0: My friend, are listening to the Happy Hearthstone. This episode is brought to you as always by listeners just like you. Thank you so much, Samurai fleece Scott L, Nate Dog, Ridiculous Hat, James W, Forrest B, and Electric Mick for making this show possible. You can join them and get some great perks for yourself over at Patreon.com/slash/TheHappyHearthstone. And I am taking a little break for the month of March. So be sure if you haven't yet to join our discord, the happyhearthstone.com discord. You can click on the link and follow me on Twitter at Andrew is living to stay up to date. Uh, let's talk about what we got for this episode. Hello and welcome to episode 199 of the Happy Hearthstone, the longest running Hearthstone podcast in the history of space and time and cards. I'm your host, Andrew Brown, and this week I get to close out this centennial of podcast episodes with you, listener. So thanks so much for joining me this week. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode with Ridiculous Hat, had so much fun with him, and I got a lot of really great feedback. Honestly, I, I someone mentioned in our Discord that anytime Hat and I and Steve get together, some combination of the three of us, that uh, they could listen for a long time. And I would agree that whenever I listen to those two, uh, I am always enthralled. So I'm, I'm glad we got to have Hat on the show again. And uh, looking forward to uh, being with you on my own today. We've got a lot to talk about because there was a massive Battlegrounds update. And I will fill you in again on sort of what the plan is for the show this next month, because it will look different this next month than it has for others. And for the main topic, I want to talk about the concept of finding your Hearthstone superpower. Doesn't that just sound great? It's like I'm in marketing or something. (laughs) (laughs) But this is honestly a concept that came to me this past week as I was processing uh, my progress on the Hearthstone ladder and outside of that. And I think it'll be a really interesting uh, interesting topic. This is actually one of the topics where I've done some of the prep work, but I'm not exactly sure where I'm going to land. So it's like when you're in gymnastics and you've got this really cool twist or, or flip that you want to try out, but uh, you haven't actually gone out on the platform yet. And you just go to the competition and see how it turns out. <laughs> I Actually, that's probably pretty accurate. I haven't done gymnastics since, since I was like eight or something like that. But I think it's pretty accurate. Anyway, it should be a really fun episode, and I'm uh, really thankful to be with you. So thanks for spending time with me today. Let's first of all talk about why I'm happy. Well, uh, I feel like I've been saying the same things for several weeks, and it's because something new has been happening in each of them. So you may remember my son was sick for like three weeks straight. This past week, I feel like has been the first full week of him being normal again, which is a real gift because our son is really funny, like hysterically funny. (laughs) He's, uh, He's about six months or no, he's older than six months. He's about eight months now. Um, you'll have to forgive me, dad brain. Uh, but uh, he's pretty hysterical and he's really interacting a lot. He's trying to um, to talk a little bit. We're trying to teach him baby sign language, all those kinds of things. Um, but it's just been really fun to see him actually coming out of his shell. He loves his big sister and he just squeals. It's so funny when he is squealing, it actually sounds more like a frog croak. And it it just cracks me up. His sister did nothing like that, so um, it's pretty funny. And he's got, he's got a little walker. We've got a hardwood floor in our house, and he just he tears around the place in that thing. So it's been fun seeing him grow up, and uh, I'm I'm just glad that he's not miserable because those were some tough weeks, honestly, when he was. Uh, just fussy all the time. So I'm very happy about that. I also had me my birthday this past week. so thank you to everyone who sent out congratulations and happy birthdays and stuff. Uh, really appreciate that. I actually had a bunch of guys over at my house from around the area and we played uh, some uh, we did an escape room. so it's just, it was an escape room in a box actually. So typically you go to an escape room and it's like this room that's been like decked out and there's artifacts, all this kind of stuff. Uh, this was, this was all in one box. So like you pulled it out and it had a scene card to tell you what was going on. We were exploring this, uh, astronomers abandoned house because there was uh, smoke coming from it and stuff and people hadn't seen him in years or something. So, um, uh, so we read that, and then we had these envelopes that represented like a, a dresser and a mirror and a locked or in a bookcase. And so as we unlocked those different things, we would open up the envelope and we'd actually find stuff in them. And it was cool. There were actual artifacts, like there were gears and maps and puzzles and all sorts of stuff. It was a lot of fun, honestly. So we did that for like an hour and then we played jackbox games for two or three hours and drink some good stouts. And it was a very good time. So I had a blast doing that. Very thankful for that. And um, honestly, a really good weekend of connecting with my wife, too. We didn't like have a specific date night or anything like that. I felt super loved because she did a lot of hard work to help out for that party. Uh, she helped me, or actually, she really took the lion's share of the work making a lot of, you know, fun snacks and stuff for the guys. And that means a lot. So I, I'm sure all of you in relationships out there feel it when your uh, when your significant other serves you. It can it can really mean a lot, and it, it did for me. So um, so we did spend some good time on Sunday though, just relaxing because we did a lot of work on on Saturday for that. So. Super happy because of all of that, and then in the hearthstone world, I'm super happy because battlegrounds got the patch that we've all been waiting for. This was the um, the patch with dragons in them, and we had heard for a while that these um, that these dragons were coming. But we didn't know when and we didn't know how. We had heard that uh, that dragons were going to be a part of battlegrounds. like that it had kind of been planned from the beginning, but that the tough thing with integrating dragons in with battlegrounds was that the mechanic that was kind of like the same thing for uh, for all dragons was that they would do something if you were holding a dragon in your hand, which is great for constructed. But in battlegrounds, that gets extremely difficult to do. Uh, it could have been done, I guess. But as I was thinking about it, I'm like, that's not very fun to like buy a minion just to activate an entire tribe, right? Well, so we got 18 brand new minions, and uh, a lot of them are dragons. We got 10 minions removed from the pool, and then we got 7 new heroes added, which is just crazy. Like, this was so much content all at once, and super excited. Also, a couple of like slight balance changes— and, um, most of those are really good, or actually all of them are really good too. So let's, let's break these down a little bit here. I'm not, I'm not going to go into too much detail here. I know we don't go over too much battleground stuff on the show, but, uh, this is big enough that we got to talk about it at least a little bit. So Let's talk first about some of these uh, minions, and I'll just move through the tiers here. So, we got two new tier one minions. We've got Dragon Spawn Lieutenant, which is a 2 3 dragon with taunt, and then Red Whelp is a 1 2 dragon that reads start of to- combat, deal one damage per friendly dragon to one random enemy minion. And when you upgrade Little Red Whelp, uh, they will deal that damage to two random enemy minions or deal it twice. So, uh, these are pretty cool, and honestly, I really like the Dragon Spawn Lieutenant. Um, I, you'll choose the Rock Pool Hunter often on turn one just because it's a 2 3. Those stats are very, very strong. And what's interesting about the Lieutenant is that you can get those stats right off the bat. And then the taunt can actually be relevant in the mid-game as you're starting to build up a board. I've had some times where I'll take the lieutenant early. And even if I'm not go- get going going uh, full dragons, I'll still keep him around because it can be really helpful. So, um, So, yeah, these are both really interesting. Obviously, the Red Whelp wants you to pick a lot of dragons. And this is a unique mechanic, but it rewards you for doing just that. And early in the game, if you can get those red whelps going, uh, if you get a second, and you can build dragons, uh, you know, four or five wide, uh, that can that can really be devastating to your opponent to just take out a couple of their minions right off the bat. So both of these are are fairly strong. I would say Lieutenant is stronger just because it applies to literally everyone right off the bat. Um, tier two, we've got Glyph Guardian, a, a uh, or these are all tier two, two, four dragon. Whenever this attacks, double its attack. In the golden version, it'll triple its attack when it attacks. So that's pretty cool because if you get a few instances of attacking, uh, those things will stack. And then, as long as your glyph guardian attacks early, there's a good chance that whatever else attacks into it, uh, it, it retains that. It's not just while it attacks that it has that doubled attack. Um, So that's pretty cool. The Steward of Time is a 2-4 dragon. When you sell this minion, give all minions in Bob's Tavern plus one, plus one. This is a really interesting effect because it's kind of similar to um, Dance and Daryl's effect, except you don't have to be Dance and Daryl, obviously. And holding on to the Steward of Time in hand, uh, if you just have to buy something, Uh, It it can be helpful to you later, even if you're not building a dragon comp or anything like that. So this is a really unique effect that the dragon tag can be relevant for people who are building dragons, but I think even more so is going to be helpful for people who just need to buy something and can't quite find the thing that they need uh, on the board. Uh, we also have unstable ghoul, which is from Curse of Nex Rammus, making its triumphant return here, and it's extremely relevant for a hero I'll mention later. Uh, taunt uh, and one attack, three health. Death rattle deal one damage to all minions. So really interesting against token strategies. Um, this thing can uh, can just be the board clear that you normally can't have in battlegrounds. So pretty cool there. Um, I'll skip uh, tier three, tier four. I will, I will mention. Well, okay, there are actually three other. Okay, so I'll go over the three other minions that are really interesting here. Uh, tier four, we've got Herald of Flame, which is a five attack, four health dragon, and it reads Overkill, deal three damage to the leftmost enemy minion. So if you can buff Herald of Flame and it's able to trigger that overkill a few times while you're playing, it can really stack up and basically be its own soul juggler. Uh, It really does need some buffs in order to get there, though. So you got Twilight Emissary, which has a battle cry, give a friendly dragon plus three plus three on the tier five um, line that could be helpful for that, as well as I guess Defender of Argus. But I would rather this not have taunt so that it can be the one to attack things. Anyway. And then uh, tier 6, a couple ones that I'll call out here. Are holy mackerel! Uh, the A4 Murloc. After another friendly minion loses Divine Shield, gain Divine Shield. Which is very, very interesting to me. I think that if you can somehow... Well, I... I guess uh, your uh, Gentle Megasaur is the way to give this Divine Shield to start off. And then if you were able to give your other minions uh, Divine Shield, and then they go and attack other stuff, uh, Holy Mackerel will keep getting Divine Shield. If it has Taunt also, uh, then that can really can really mess up your opponent essentially so this is a very interesting one and it's not dependent on murlocs so it will synergize with them but if you've built like a Boulevard fireblood build with a lot of divine shields it could be useful as well and then we have imp mama the six eight demon whenever this minion takes damage summon a random demon and give it taunt that give it taunt is very relevant uh even though some of them already have it like void lord and um, Im- Imprisoner, I believe, is the name of that. Uh, the other ones, like an Imp Gang boss with taunt is pretty nice. Uh, Malganus with taunt, that's a lot of stats. So there's a lot of interesting things that can happen there. And if you buff Imp Mama, if you're able to um, find some way to deal damage to her, usually her attacking, obviously, uh, that can really pay off for you. So wh- the reason I... Uh, so I talked about the tier one and the tier two, I talked about a few, but Glyph Guardian, that's the double it's attack. Herald of Flame is the overkill dragon. Holy Mackerel is the Murloc that gains divine shield and Imp Mama is the demon. The reason I wanted to call out these four in particular, and I haven't heard anyone talking about this yet, is that these four minions are new to us, but they have class specific backgrounds to them so glyph guardian has the mage background it's a blue background herald of flame has a warrior background the red one holy mackerel has a paladin background and imp mama has uh, the warlock background i i really believe that we're actually getting a sneak peek of some cards that are coming up in other sets which is pretty cool Uh, And there could be others that do that also. I'd be really surprised if Caligo's Arcane Aspect isn't some kind of card as well. Um, But those ones in particular, and probably Murazond. Murazond is really iconic from what I hear in the uh, World of Warcraft land. Um, That those ones, because they have a class background, shows us like if that card's coming out in in an actual set, they don't want to have it neutral first and then try and change it to get our perceptions that way. I think they're already sort of laying the foundation for us to think, "Oh, holy mackerel's a paladin card," even though we may not actively think that. Uh, they're they're doing it subconsciously so that we'll be ready for it when it comes. Right. So uh, so yeah, I wanted to call that to your attention. I don't know. I that probably means that the effects. And the stat lines are the same. I don't know that we've seen those things differ for any cards that are in the game yet. Um, and actually, well, Calico's Arcane Aspect, that'd be a weird effect for um, for Constructed, I think. But all these other ones, I could see being cards. I don't know how good any of them would be, honestly. Uh, Glyph Guardian could be interesting, I suppose. But um, But yeah, these are all really cool cards. If you want to hear more, you should go listen to uh, one of those awesome Battlegrounds podcasts out there. Uh, or you can stick around for the heroes that I want to talk, <laughs> talk about too. Um, a lot of dragon heroes, obviously. Alexstrasza, um, Malagos, um, and Ysera, to name a few. We also have Reno Jackson, which we heard was going to come at some point. Uh, we had the three other members of the League of Explorers join us not too long ago. And now we finally have more with Reno Jackson. His hero power is four mana. It's called Gonna Be Rich. And it reads, make a friendly minion golden once per game. So this is one effect that you get, and it's extremely powerful. I, I played Reno Jackson, I think, once. And I can't remember exactly what I upgraded, actually. I, it wasn't a Cobalt Guardian, but I feel like it was one of the mechs. Um if you put this on a good minion early to sort of solidify the line of play that you're going to go down, or if during that mid-game when you're really trying for a triple and can't quite get it for an important minion like a Soul Juggler or a Cobalt Guardian. Actually, I guess I don't know why Cobalt Guardians on my mind. It's a good card. I don't know that it really matters that much that you get it uh, upgraded but uh but yeah reno can be really interesting you're just gonna not have any other effects other than that one big one uh that can definitely make a difference nazdormu is actually probably my favorite of the bunch nazdormu's hero power is clairvoyance it's a passive hero power and it reads your first refresh each turn costs zero gold which is awesome it's so good like i didn't even know i wanted this hero power until i saw this hero power right Uh, There are many times in the very standard plays that you want to make from turn to turn where you will buy a minion and you will use all the rest of your gold to upgrade. Now, because you've got a free hero power every turn, you can upgrade, refresh for free, and have a chance at buying something that's one tier above you before pretty much anyone else can. Uh, that's extremely strong, and even in the late game, just having a free refresh is perfectly fine. In the early game, it is too. I found myself just using it, even, you know, turns where I normally wouldn't, just to say, well, there could be something good here, I guess. So, um, sure, why not? I'll t- I'll try it. And uh, Deathwing is the other one that I mentioned. haven't gotten to play with Deathwing yet, um, but this is the one I referenced to earlier that's really changing the game here. Uh, Deathwing's passive hero power is called All Will Burn, and it reads: All minions have +3 attack. Which, it's really funky when you first hear it or look at it. Like, why would you want to do that, and what does it really matter? Well, the trick to Deathwing's hero power is that you can go really aggressive on token synergy or token-heavy strategies. So stuff like Rat Pack, or um, even playing a Replicating Menace on its own. Make way too much sense when you've got a guaranteed lots of tokens on board, and the thing is, your opponent is not taking advantage of that. Um, they may be um, pretty tempted by that unstable ghoul when they see it, and I haven't really gotten to test if that how well that works yet. But um, seems pretty cool. And Deathwing is actually rising to the top of the tiers. Uh, many of you have seen the the stats we've been coming out with at hsreplay.net on our social media. Uh, accounts. We've been posting uh, some of the data that we're gathering from uh, our Deck Tracker users about what's working in Battlegrounds. And Deathwing is at only topped by Tyrion right now, which is pretty crazy. So I haven't been offered Deathwing yet, but I'm very eager uh, to try it out because it seems like it is very, very strong. The balance changes are pretty small, but they're uh, not insignificant. George the Fallen's hero power has gone down to three gold instead of four. Sneed's Old Shredder has been moved from Tier 6 to Tier 5, which in my opinion is probably the most significant out of all these. Um, Sneed's Old Shredder was good at Tier 6, but it did always feel weaker than the other stuff. I would kind of take it begrudgingly. Uh, I really wanted a gas coiler, typically, if I'm, if I'm looking at Sneed's. But at Tier 5, it's competing with a lot of stuff and is, is very, very strong. So I'm a pretty big fan of Sneed's Old Shredder. And uh, Mama Bear has been buffed back, so you may not remember, but when Battlegrounds first hit the scene, Mama Bear was tier 6, 5-5 uh, five, five minion, uh, beast, whenever you summon a beast, give it plus 5, plus 5. All those 5s became 4s for a while, um, because it was really strong out the gates, but now it actually feels perfectly fine to to go back, I think. And Tavern Tier 6 has actually been reduced to start at 10 gold instead of 11, which is probably good because it felt like most games, I wouldn't even go to Tier 6 unless I was really ahead. So this will hopefully make it a a bit more palatable and uh, accessible for players to get there because some cool stuff at Tier 6. You should be playing with that cool stuff at Tier 6, you know? Uh, Also worth mentioning that a big... Uh, cool thing that they added was all of the animations have been reduced from 0.8 seconds to 0.2 seconds. And that's overkill, lifesteal, poisonous. Uh, this is all all game modes, but really I think Battlegrounds is where you notice it the most because, you know, especially poisonous effects can just take a while. And I think that they actually dialed them back a while back, uh, but now it's just insane. I actually noticed this in uh, Constructed when I was playing Galakrond Warrior, with, um, with Armorsmith. It was like insanely, crazily fast when I had, you know, Scion of Ruin on board Armorsmith and would awaken or something like that. So, um, very cool that they did that. It seems like it, uh, it still retained the heart of the cool effects and stuff like that, but really sped it up. So my goodness, I, if if you don't enjoy battlegrounds, then you're not going to just because of some new heroes and minions. But if you're like me and you've really been enjoying this mode, Holy cow! This was this is an insane amount of content, and I think this was the perfect time. Sort of as there's a lull between sets and years, and we're all waiting with uh, eager anticipation for what's to come for Hearthstone in the next year. Uh, having a big old Battlegrounds uh, patch like this is just a breath of fresh air. So super thankful th- to that and uh, or for that, and hope the whole team uh, is reveling in some good work on that. There were some other cool things that actually came with this, and because this was just last week, sorry to sorry if you haven't heard this yet, but you should jump on this if you don't know. Khadgar is back as an alternative mage hero, so very cool. Uh, You've only got until March 4th to purchase him for $9.99, and he comes with an exclusive card back. If you had purchased it before through iTunes, I think that was the exclusive way that you could get it, uh, you'll get that card back retroactively. I'm one of those people who had it, so thanks uh, thanks Hearthstone for doing that. And uh, yeah, pretty cool hero, so if you don't have him, go check him out. And also with him, they added something brand new called a Mage Pack Bundle. And this is interesting, it's five packs that only have Mage cards in them. And for, it's $9.99, which is quite a premium price for packs. Usually we're, we're looking at about a dollar a pack, that's a really good deal. Uh, and this is $2 a pack, which is... Uh, quite a bit now here's the upside for this if you don't buy a lot of packs if you don't even play that much but you really like the mage class and you want to you really want to invest in that um, getting these mage packs actually kind of makes sense it's still pricey Um, I think for the average player most people who are listening to this it's probably not something that you want uh, because this covers all standard expansions right now They actually had a bit of a kerfuffle because originally they said it was just the past year, which would be way better to uh, recommend because you can use those for the next year. Uh, But standard active uh, sets means that there are a few sets that you could get cards for that are about to rotate out. It doesn't sound as enticing to me, and I'm sure a lot of you are there too. So I'm going to pass on the Mage Pack bundle. I'm not even uh, in a place where I need Mage cards, really. So, But I think for people who are specifically mage players who don't buy a lot of packs, it can make sense. Um, So you can check that out. I think that's for a limited time also, but I'm not seeing a uh, date as I'm looking at this. Um, We do have something exciting coming up, though, this week, and that's that Hearthstone is turning six years old. Congratulations, Hearthstone. That means this podcast is about six years old, too. Um, Really exciting, You can, if you log in between March 4th and March 17th, you're going to get two Rise of Shadows packs, two Savers of Old Doom packs, and two Descent of Dragons packs, as well as a Year of the Dragon card back. So pretty cool. Uh, That's going to, that's just going to buff up all of your cards. If the Mage pack was sort of a a weird bundle of stuff that's going to rotate out, this is the opposite of that. Um, It makes sense because these cards Though they're rotating out uh, in a year, will last you for a good time, and they're free, so you really can't uh, argue with free, can you? So that's pretty great. There's also going to be a commemorative tavern brawl and a legendary quest line. I saw some of the data mining behind this, and it looks like there's actually quite a bit of extra packs, gold, and uh, other stuff that you can pick up through there. So. Kind of standard for the events that they do, but it's always fun when they do this, and I think uh, your own party is a great time to throw that. So looking forward to playing that stuff. And it's probably also worth mentioning that with all this great stuff has come some really rough stuff also, namely for mobile users. Um, And Blizzard's already responded that they're working on this. I can't imagine that they're not working on this. Uh, iOS and Android users have had a levy of issues. Um, the biggest was that iOS users couldn't actually access Hearthstone. They were set in an infinite loop that said that they needed to go download an update in the app store, but it was already downloaded. Uh, so it, it was pretty bad. They fixed that, I believe. Um, my, uh, so many of you may know that I play mostly on mobile nowadays and I have an Android device. I, this weekend, had the joy of <laughs> running into this issue way too many times. And the problem is you'll you'll log in it'll go through. It. Actually, I had several times where it wouldn't even fully load. But most of the time it would load and go through, show me my quest line. I'd tap. It would bring up the menu and then immediately it would crash to an error page that said that there was an error with my collection loading or something like that. I had that happen 6 times in a row yesterday. <laughs> as I'm just trying to log on to play some games and it was so frustrating. I actually got so frustrated with it uh that I just hopped over to Call of Duty Mobile and it was it it, it was even more aggravating because of course I tap on that, it works immediately. I go in, I play a game and I'm good, right? So um yeah, Blizzard has got some serious technical debt with Hearthstone at this point, like an insane amount. And I hope that they've got an aggressive strategy to fix those things. I would not hold it against them if all of that was internally focused, meaning they don't like have any external announcements about it. I know that they've got a pretty robust team in the IT systems, you know, iOS developer, all that kind of stuff, Android developer. Uh, so I'm hopeful that they're doing all that stuff and it makes sense that we haven't heard a ton about it. Uh, it sounds like they are aware of it though. And I'm hopeful that, um, that there's some good stuff coming, but man, it really is. It's getting a bit absurd because it seems like with every update, the mobile experience can't get more buggy and yet it does. And at some point we're going to hit a critical mass where all of this just really needs to go away. But Until that day comes, we'll just keep playing because we don't really have a choice. (laughs) And that's okay anyway. And one last bit of news that actually with those updates, they mentioned that we are not going to hear about the next year of content until around mid-March. So buckle in for the next two weeks. Probably, you know, the team is going quiet Uh, for all intents and purposes. Of course, they're working on what's ahead. I have seen some leaks out there as to the subject of the next year, but that's not really anything. So I'll be looking forward to all of those announcements as I'm sure all of you are as well. And hopefully, hopefully it's a little sooner than mid-March. I don't know. It'll, It'll probably be early April before we actually see the next content, but it could be I could be later. I don't know. I keep saying like they could change the game. We're used to three sets a year, but this past year we had an extra mini set. So who knows what they're doing? What they got up their sleeves? I'm sure it's good. Well, I'm sure it's good content. I can't wait for new cards and all that kind of stuff. So Well, hey, before we jump into the main topic, I want to reiterate what I brought up on last week on the on uh, on the show. And if you haven't listened to it yet, um, I'll pretty much go into all that detail here as well. Uh, And for those of you who have listened to it, I'm sure there will be some new nuggets for you here, so... March is going to look quite a bit different for the Happy Hearthstone. Usually, thanks to the great support that the show has gotten over at patreon.com slash the Happy Hearthstone, I'm able to come out with weekly shows and love being able to do that. I mean, truly, it's an honor to come out with this content for the community. Obviously, when you approach big milestones, you start to really get reflective. Many of you know that I am reflective in nature in, in many ways, so uh, you can imagine the level of grandeur that that reflection uh, hits. Um, but sincerely, I remember doing episode 100, and you know I've been at the uh, at the helm for this show for over 130 or around 130 episodes, I think now, which is just crazy to consider. Uh, so. Yeah, I'm super thankful, and I really want to do something super special for episode 200. So I have something in the works that's going to be a big surprise, and it's going to be very, very different from a typical Happy Hearthstone episode, like radically different. Uh, And I I guess I'll tell you all, what I will say is it is going to be a celebration of Hearthstone Podcasts. but uh, but it's going to be very different from what I've done on the show previously, and it, and because of that, it is going to take a lot of intentional work. So what I've decided to do and invited you into, as, as far as listeners and supporters, is that I'm going to take a break from making weekly content so that I can refocus that effort. Uh, the reality, I, I would love to continue doing what I'm doing, and I'm sure other people who have more margin for content creation, um, people who may you know be making or getting more income from what they're doing and uh have uh, you know more time to to throw at it it's great um but because of you know just the the nature of this show the limits of this show and the limits of having a family and a full-time job and all that stuff means that i just have to look at things and say okay something has to give if i want to do something new essentially and because this is something that's so off kilter and different Um, I decided it would be the healthiest thing to say, let's let's put weekly episodes on pause for now, and I will come out with that 200th episode as soon as I can, but it will not be sooner than April 1, Um, and that's not an April Fool. I guess I'll say April second. so there's (laughs) there's nothing with that. there's a chance it could take me a week or two into April. I haven't started working on the two hundredth episode because I've had this episode to work through, so um, so I will get going on that actually literally today as I finish up this episode. Um, but yeah, stick with me. I will try to update you as I can on social media, so be sure to follow me on Twitter at Andrew is Living for updates on how things are going and uh, and all of that. and thank you for everyone who's um, who's understood, I actually talked with several patron supporters who were like, dude, do what you need to. I'm excited to see what's up your sleeve. So, uh, super thankful for all of that feedback. And if you would like to support the show at patreon.com slash the happy you can do so. Uh, the exclusive content that's offered at $5 a month will keep coming, as well as coaching sessions for those who are at the producer level. So, uh, you can go check those out if you'd like to, although I don't blame you at all for waiting until uh, the... <laughs> Next episodes around because it'll be a little bit, and I know I've teased out that I also have something else really big happening this month that I'm on an NDA and can't talk about. I promise you that it's going to be interesting, uh, and it doesn't have anything to do with Blizzard uh, or Hearthstone or this podcast or anything. But it's a really exciting personal thing that you guys will be able to uh, to enjoy. So I. I legitimately am bursting at the seams to tell you about that, but honestly, if that was all that was going on this month, I'd still probably have to find some way to to shake things up. So I figured this was a best of both worlds thing. I can uh, be working on that episode, doing a lot of grunt work behind the scenes for it, and at the same time having a little more flexibility and margin to do what I need to do for that uh, that big thing. So. <laughs> Uh, if that isn't uh, mysterious enough for you, I don't know what is. But hopefully, you understand. And um, I, I'm excited to bring this episode to you because it, I, I know that you know about a month of me going going dark is coming up. So um, be sure to be sure to stick with me over at Twitter uh, Twitter.com slash Andrew's Living if you haven't yet, because um, I'll I'll update you on what's going on and the uh, the battlegrounds wins that I have and whatnot too. So. All right, so let's talk about finding your Hearthstone superpower. I know you've been wondering what in the world is that about. So let me give you the context of what I've been processing and thinking through, and we'll we'll figure out where we're headed together. Okay? So I uh, I finished this past month at rank two as my highest. I think I got two point four, and a lot of you saw on social media. I you know I've been trying to share authentically from where I'm at. Um, And I have been running into more struggles than successes, it feels like, um, for me. You know, typically most months, I will make some kind of asserted push towards legend uh, because I've hit it before and want to hit it again. And uh, part of it is like wanting to prove a sort of consistency for myself, Um, also trying to challenge myself to do what I've done before and to be able to compete with people at a higher level. So all those things combined into me wanting to hit Legend again, and I I, I wasn't able to get there again this month. And I started thinking, and I'm, I was pretty sure, I don't think I've hit Legend since Descent of Dragons released. And so I looked back on my uh, on my social media feed, and I found out that August was actually the last time that I hit Legend. And that's quite a while. Um, that felt like, man, I, you know... Uh, I, I don't think less of myself for that, but I just started thinking, what's going on? That I It's been so long since then. Uh, I've hit rank two twice now. I hit rank one one time also, so I've gotten extremely close to getting there. And um, I, I keep coming back to wanting to hit that, and I, I feel like I've been grinding. I've been trying to push myself. This past month especially, I started digging my heels into why can't I get forward momentum? So I think like before that, what I would do is um, just kind of try and find whatever the best deck was and just play it and assume things will work out. And the thing that really put a spotlight on the reality that that would not work for me is the fact that my win rate against Rogue was insanely low this past month. And uh, I probably should look this up so I can speak from, um, for real, actual numbers. But when I looked it up the other day, um, if you don't know and you track your games through one of the deck trackers, uh, you can go to hsreplay.net, click on your games. Um, you can choose Ranked in the filters, and then you can choose Opponent Class, and it'll show you all of those. So if I'm looking at um, previous season here. Oh, for some reason, it's only giving me the past 10 days. Well, when I looked it up the other day, it was 37%. This is probably even more so. So from the past 10 days, I've come up against Rogue 12 times. I have a 25% win rate against them. I've won three out of those 12. (laughs) And it's gotten to the point of insanity. And I sincerely believe, and I'm checking myself because I preach this all the time, that it's not a mindset thing. Honestly, when I see a Rogue now, I say I will win this game because I feel like I need to get back on the right foot against rogue. And so uh, I talked with with my buddy from last week, ridiculous had offline about hey, okay, what do I need to do to beat rogue? What are the things? And I started learning that there were, um, there were ways that I was playing the decks that I was trying hardest with that were counterintuitive to actually beating rogue. And so talking with him was, was actually a massive help. Big surprise, right? That's the way it usually works. And, um, and really helped me to just see, like, there's more to this and I need to play differently in order to get the results that I want. And I really committed myself to saying, I want to learn to become a better player rather than I want to get this number next to my name. Uh, and I feel like I made some headway on that and, w- and was really proud of that. Uh, I, I would still like to see that number or that orange gem, <laughs> but I really believe that if I continue to c- submit myself to the process of becoming better that eventually I'll get there again, right? And uh, maybe it's just not my meta. Um, it's it's crazy to think that with Galakrond in play, I just can't get there right now. But we'll see. Um, I'm sure that with time, that will fade. What's been really interesting is that since this Dragon's update to Battlegrounds, I have just been loving it, right? And playing, wanting to play it just about any time I open up my client. And my success in Battlegrounds has been... Pretty up there for me. So I mentioned last week that I hit 6k MMR, which is great, and was really excited about that. Since then, I, I want to estimate that I've played around eight to ten games, something around there, and I have shot up 600 more MMR, uh, which is a lot. If I were playing Battlegrounds a lot more, I feel like I could climb more, um, and. Listener, don't let me forget to come back to that because that was a big point of what I've been <laughs> learning too um but I like consistency has been pretty high for me lately, and i I've been playing with a bunch of different heroes trying different things out, and it it's been really encouraging to look at my progress in battlegrounds and say, okay, I can do this i'm I haven't just lost myself as a hearthstone player um lost what you know what I once could do, I cannot do anymore." Um, but then in battlegrounds, I was seeing a lot of success. So it, it, it got me to start thinking like, okay, well, what do I do with this? Then I am getting the success that I want in battlegrounds and I'm not getting it on the ladder. So do I just become a battlegrounds exclusive player? Does the happy hearthstone become a battlegrounds exclusive podcast? Don't worry. The answer is no. For those of you who want that <laughs> or don't want that, because I know there are some of you, um, do I uh, do I just figure out this niche of, you know, crafting strategy around Battlegrounds and talking about that somehow in, in some other content creation space? I, I mean, it started getting me thinking about the content creation pieces of what I do, but also just the personal. Like, do I need to just say, hey, I'm going to play for my chest each month uh, for my card back, and that's it, and then I'll go over to Battlegrounds, and that's all I'll do. Um and, and so this thought started coming to my head, like, do I just have some kind of like battleground superpower? Um, is there something about that game mode that just makes more sense to me that I'm able to navigate the nuances and um, branching paths of battlegrounds? Whereas on the ladder, it's tougher for me to figure that out. And I, I think that my track record of hitting legend uh, kind of proves that I'm able to do ladder. Um, this may be a different kind of meadow where I'm not able to, to uh navigate it as well. Or I may have picked up on some bad habits that I really need to um uh get out of my system essentially. But regardless, I can do it for sure. It just seems like it's coming more naturally to me on battlegrounds. I I've gotten plenty of Hearthstone coaching for the latter before. I've never gotten battlegrounds coaching uh outside of like conversations or listening to podcasts or watching Twitch streamers and all that is very uh very applicable but it, it just felt like to me that it seems like this battleground stuff comes more naturally to me so what is so what is this finding your hearthstone superpower well as i've thought about heroes uh, many of you might be familiar you know with the marvel universe or something been watching those movies <laughs> a lot lately and when those heroes find out about their superpowers They typically aren't things that they come up with on their own, other than you, Tony Stark and Bruce Wayne. You guys are just too too successful for your own good. (laughs) But everyone else just comes across these powers and says, holy cow, I've got this ability to do X. And it may not be, you know, like for me, it seems on Battlegrounds, it's about the strategy there for me. Um, but for you, it might be like, man, I'm able to come up with the quirkiest decks. Or honestly, your superpower may be coming up with Hearthstone memes. <laughs> or it could be encouraging other players. There's a like encouraging streamers in Twitch chat. There are lots of different ways that you could be useful to the Hearthstone community that may not specifically be something that's strategy or gameplay oriented in Hearthstone, right? But once you find that thing, what do you do with it? Many people are familiar with uh, the famous, famous words in the first Spider-Man movie uh, with Tobey Maguire, where Uncle Ben, I think, is his name. Does he have an Uncle Ben and Luke Skywalker have an Uncle Ben? Side side note there. I think it's Uncle Ben. His uncle, for sure, uh, says, oh, no, it's Uncle Owen in Star Wars. Sorry. Wow. My brain's going 100 miles a minute. Shouldn't have gotten this Americano. Uncle Ben, I think, says, with great power comes great responsibility, Right. It's really easy to hear that and go like, oh man, yeah, that's right. I truly believe that every single person has gifts and talents, has natural tendencies that can really be used for the good of other people. And as you start to develop those or find those uh, in the Hearthstone community, I really want to encourage you to, to use them for the good of other people. Um, I, I truly am lucky and blessed that I have this podcast where I'm able to encourage you as a listener to do more, accomplish more in the game and hopefully outside of the game as well. Um, but there are so many of you that have done the same for me and others in this community by reaching out on Discord and Twitter, uh, friending people in the game, uh, You know, sh- even sharing a, an 80 gold quest. Maybe that's your superpowers rolling for that in your quest log. Um, but I... I want to present this as something that you can think about in two parts walking away from this because I I could talk more about this, but I don't think that the conversation is necessarily uh, going through all the possibilities. It's going to be more useful for you to say, let me take this on and spend some time just considering how I contribute to this community and how to do that better. So it's twofold. It's identifying your superpower and thinking about how to share that With the community okay it's one thing to say this comes to me naturally and perhaps i enjoy it right Um, then the other part of that is saying okay i enjoy this and i'm good at it how can i use that for the good of other people we all get a buzz out of helping other people it may not come naturally to you i think that for me honestly this is something that i have to um, submit myself to the process this could be an area where I'm my own worst critic, but I know the selfish tendencies I have in myself, and so I feel like I don't actively think like, "Oh man, I want to help someone today necessarily." But as I do, I get a sense of um, a sense of accomplishment and a sense of meaning from that, and that applies to all areas of your life, right? It, it applies to your work, to your family, to your friends. And I think that within this Hearthstone community, if we're not careful, we can really just see it as a game that, hey, I just plug in, I do my games, and that's it, right? And I, you know, if you can find some joy out of that, that's great. But I think there's so much opportunity within this awesome, awesome community, um, not just Happy Hearthstone, but the Hearthstone world in general, <laughs> to encourage and really be a source of light uh, for other people. And so, some of you may have started on, down some paths, uh, whether it was content creation or engaging with the community, and maybe over time things just faded. You got busy, you deleted Twitter from your phone, you know, whatever it is. Um, and you you need some kind of source to really encourage you to get back and draft it in with people. And I hope that this is an opportunity for you to think through and say, you know, I I really do want to engage well with people. And I want to be an encouragement. And, you know, the fact that you relate with this game can really be a gift to other people. Um, because there are many others who will probably never turn on a Hearthstone podcast. It's unfortunate, but it's the reality <laughs> yeah. that you could encourage through, um, through other channels, through social media, uh, through in-game conversations, whatever that might be. And graft them into a community that could actually be positive and encouraging for them. Um, so whether that is content creation, whether that is community engagement, you have something to offer. And many of you are doing this. Honestly, the reason that I thought about this, having this conversation here was because I've seen it happen so much uh, with people who are creating uh, other shows with people who are engaging with this show and with others as well. I see so much good, and I say, I want to see more of that. And I know that there are some of you listening who haven't yet engaged. So I want to encourage you to do that very thing, especially during a time where I won't be coming out with shows every week. Um, More than ever this community needs you to engage with it. Um, So I want to encourage you to think through that and think about, are there some ways that I could help other people create initiatives, join initiatives um, to really be a light and to be be a person whose life is about others? So it's my encouragement to you. That's my send off, if you will. I've got my wine bottle and I smacked it across the boat. Uh, You know, that's, uh, yeah, that's, I've got my champagne bottle, and I've uh, I've hit the boat, and I'm, I'm sailing off. Or you're sailing off. I don't know. One of us is sailing off. <laughs> We're still around. But that's my encouragement to you as I'm heading out here, okay? All right. So I also have to send you out, of course, with a card of the week. So here you go. May this, uh, may this rest easily on your ears. <laughs> well, now my minions haven't come back from the dead. That seems a little bit cheaty. But if I can find a guy who does that well he'll be the bestest of friendies. Did your deck say play one minion at a time cuz that's the way that this game goes I had to say, I, I hate to say that one minions is enough Hey, that's tough that you just got pumped Res a minion from my graveyard, bring him back. Bring yours back? You can't, you don't have pump. Did I mention what comes back also gets reborn? No, I didn't? Well, don't you know? You can try, try, try to kill him, so my res will skewed. But that's just cruel. Oh, and here I come, come, come with a board that looked thin at first. But now it's about to burst. Got seven Tolviers with Grave Runes. Too bad this game's mine, dude. Don't you wish you had Psychopomp? <laughs> Psychopomp is a four-mana 3-1 Epic Priest minion that reads battle cry, summon a random friendly minion that died this game, give it Reborn. This card's crazy, right? I think that when we talked about this card back in the Savers of Old Doom review, we said it was good, but I think that Steve and I wanted to make sure that our expectations were tempered. Um, This is a very well-designed card, and I love it uh, just in the way that it's designed because it enables something, and yet that thing that it enables, it also has a downside too. So the deck that plays Psychopomp wants to make things uh, come back to life, Psychopomp in itself is not a card that works well in there. It works well to take advantage of that, but if Psychopomp dies, it can actually be very, uh, very harmful. So I, I like that balance in there, but regardless of that, Psychopomp ends up being a net positive 90% of the time, maybe 95%. And uh, if you haven't listened to Steve's, uh, Steve's guide on Off Curve about Resurrect Priest, you probably should. I was actually talking with him just recently uh, and saying, like, dude, you got to tell me what's working for you on the, on the ladder right now. And uh, I played one game so far with it, and it was kind of kind of insane. It was an embarrassment of riches, it felt like. it. So I'm going to give Resurrect Priest another shot because I tried it last month, and it, it did well for a while until it didn't work. Uh, there's a very good rock, paper, scissors meta right now, which is a healthy thing for the game. But frustratingly difficult for choosing a deck. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try some respries, and I still need my thousand wins. Uh, so hopefully I can get there and get my King Anduin. All right. Well, everyone, I'm going to sign off pretty fast here because I want to send you off into the world. But I I will thank, of course, our producers for the Happy Hearthstone, Menach J. Miller, Number Theory, and Xavier E. Thank you for so much for supporting the show at the level that you do and for sticking around for uh, the month that's coming up. Uh, Sincerely, meant a lot from all four of you that you continue to Believe in me and believe in this show. So thank you. Won't let you down. And I think you're going to be super proud of episode 200 when it comes out. And thank you sincerely to everyone who's supporting the show. I mean, I, I really felt like it was good form to tell you that a month off was coming up, but uh, basically had no one uh, jump off. So I take that as uh, a very humbling, you got this man. And uh, so appreciate that from everyone who's over at patreon.com slash the happy supporting the show. So thank you so much well like i've said before please follow me on twitter at andrews living if you want to stay connected and uh follow me on twitch uh twitchtv slash Andrew is living if you have not yet uh i can't i can't promise i'm i'm going to be throwing a lot of my extra time or whatever time i have for this show or for others or for extra stuff i guess um at episode 200 but who knows if if a free night comes i'm i, I would enjoy streaming again and i owe connor Ku a, a bg episode or a bg uh, stream so i'll be looking for that as well and uh, be sure to join our discord happy uh the com slash discord will get you there and that's all i have for you so again thank you all so much for enjoying this show uh, for those of you who've been listening from the very beginning i i My mind gets blown just thinking about that, that some of you may have listened to 199 episodes. That's kind of crazy. And in the meantime, uh, you know, during this month when you're saying, "Ah, I wish I had a happy Hearthstone episode, uh, maybe you go back and listen to some of those very first episodes. They're really fun to listen to, honestly, because many of them were recorded uh, during a time when we didn't have Um, the show or the game yet it there were many episodes that were recorded uh, prior to that Uh, go listen to the founders episode josh augustine uh, was the founder of the show and listen to his thoughts on what hearthstone could be and just think about how how far the game has come since then or go back and listen to the many review episodes because those are always fun Uh, you can listen to the standard years obviously it would be fun also to listen to um the uh Witchwood Boomsday Project and Rastakhan's Rumbles reviews as those cards are rotating out of standard, if that's your game. But I, I honestly have fun every now and then picking in a really old set. So listening to Curse of Next Ramus review, which I think was two it was like three hours with just the 20 cards or so that came out. So that's that was truly the OG there or listening to like Grand Tournament Review, or uh, you could listen to Steve and I's first review is Journey to Ongoro, so, and see how far we've come since then. Um, But there's plenty of content, obviously, just on this show that you can listen to, and you can go listen to the other great Hearthstone podcasts that are out there. Um, And I won't list them because I'll leave some out, um, but there's there's plenty of stuff out there for you to listen to, and they're all great. So, uh, yeah, that's what I got for you. Honestly, I will very much miss sitting behind this mic with you, Um, But I will be sitting behind this mic working on episode 200, so I'll be thinking about you when I do that. And uh, I hope you have a great March. Uh, Look forward to the announcements that are coming, and look forward more so to bringing you uh, the content for episode 200, which will be truly a milestone to celebrate. So thank you so much for visiting the Happy Hearthstone and having a little fun with us. I'll see you in episode 200.